According to lifehacker.com, in just over 40 years, Lonely Planet has printed over 120 million books and become the world's most successful travel, travel publisher. They've published around 500 titles that cover 195 countries, and they hire a combination of travel writers and local writers when creating or updating each one. Lonely Planet Travel Guides cost at around $22 for a city or small area guides and $25 to $30 for the country guides. Lonely Planet Guides are updated with new additions every two uh, years or so. Generally, the more popular location, the more often the guide will be updated. If you don't want to travel with a physical book, Lonely Planet Guides come in EPUB, Mobi, and PDF formats for your favorite ebook readers and tablets. All of their guides are available on Nook, Amazon Kindle, and most of them are free to Kindle unlimited subscribers. In my personal experience, I actually love Lonely Planet guides. I'm I'm mostly a a e-reader type guy. I, I'm mostly an audiobook type guy, but when it comes to, to traveling to a destination, I, I love my physical Lonely Planet guidebook. I, I love what it, what it does for me when I'm on that journey because they don't just hire travel writers that work out deals with different tour operators and hotels and restaurants to try to get in the book and try to get a story. They, they actually hire local writers, local people that live on the ground there. And so you get in a Lonely Planet travel guide a, a more real picture of, of what's happening in that city, that town, that area. And, and I love it. I, I absolutely love them. I love the night before I'm going to go on an activity or a day trip or early morning. I, I love getting that guide and, and really kind of studying through that area that I'm going. And, I, and I'm trying to recall everything so that when we leave on that trip, it, it, as I go through, through certain areas or as we do certain things, it sparks my, my mind. It sparks it to the guide that I've looked at. And then I know, hey, wait a second, around this corner or, or down the street from here, we can actually do this thing or that thing. In my personal experience, the destination I travel to gets better when I bring a Lonely Planet guidebook. If I didn't bring a Lonely Planet guidebook, I believe that my experience, that that journey would be worse. I would have less of an experience. We've been going through a series called The Greatest Book. This is a national series within our fellowship. And, and hundreds of churches across Canada are doing this right now. And I, I'm convinced... I'm convinced that this is our guidebook for the journey of life. And, and I'm convinced through biblical insight, through historical evidence, and for personal experience from numerous people, including myself, uh, that, that this book makes the journey better. That the experience is better when I have this guidebook. And today we have a very personal question. A personal question, will you be guided by God's word? Will you be guided by God's word? Will this guidebook, will you take it on your journey of life? 
do you believe that this makes the experience better, that it unveils the destination? But is it worth picking up on a daily basis? A little bit of a shout out to uh, Dr. Rick Reed for the president of Heritage College of Seminary. He provided some of the study aids today. <laughs> and as we unpack this guidebook a little bit, uh, we're going to turn to the Psalms. And so if you go uh, right about in the middle of your Bible, it's going to probably fall open to the Psalms. And if you don't have a Bible today, uh, you can reach under the seats in front of you. Uh, the passages will appear on, appear on the screen. And if you don't own a Bible or you want another one, talk to the greeters at the back, either right now or after the service, and they'll give you one. We're going to go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. This is a a very, very long psalm. Uh, We're going to look at verses 97 to 104. And the worship team read the passage this morning, so we're going to jump right in. Psalm 104 or sorry, Psalm 119, verse 97 starts this way. Traveling with my guidebook, if I'm thinking about that, I, I realize that, that there's like, there's a meditation that takes place as I'm going through my day. I've, I've looked at it the night before. I've looked at it uh, on, on the morning of, and it's like constantly in my mind. And, and I firmly believe that, that this is the same thing that happens with Scripture. If some of us are morning people, some of us are evening people, so whatever it is, but if, if before you lay down, if you're kind of a night person and you digest this book, you look at this guidebook, or when you wake up early in the morning, you, you get into this word, I firmly believe that part of the meditation process is not a matter of walking around like this the whole day, is that when it's been pulled into our hearts and minds, that it's sparked the whole day long. That, that the meditation continues. It's not kind of like this new age sitting cross-legged, I um, you know, that's not what we're talking about. It's, it's that, that this sparks all day long. And, and so this meditation all that day, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And this guidebook, it sparks no matter where we go. And as we walk through the twists and turns of life, meditation on this book will help us in decision-making. And, and, and the psalmist unpacks it after this. I, I, I want to show you here that there's three separate, separate things that are found here. The first one is that the guidebook, this guidebook provides knowledge. This guidebook provides the knowledge. The psalmist says, Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. There's a reality in life that as we, as we journey day to day, sometimes we experience enemies or at least adversity, that, that there's conflicts that come up. And, and in these conflicts that, 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 there's, that are, we face enemies or, or resistance or adversity, the psalmist is trying to say that, that this book, that understanding, knowing this book, this can actually help us with enemies, adversities, conflicts, we can make better decisions. We can, we can choose a better mode of conversation and communication when we face conflict if, if we consistently look at this guidebook, if, if we grab this first through our day. We will probably have less enemies if this book, 
guides us through it, or at least less major conflicts. But then the psalmist says this. It says, he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for, for your testimonies are my meditation. Again, this meditation concept. That, uh, you know, this teacher's thing, educators, well-educated people. That someone who grabs this book and fully is reading it and engaging with it on a daily basis. That there's going to be a knowledge, a wisdom, an intelligence that saturates their mind that is going to give them the, the opportunity to compete with scholars, teachers, educators. And I know in my life, I've found that. I, I've had the pleasure of meeting some, some men and women in my life that know this passion. Some of them admittedly never got a high school education. And yet, they are some of the smartest, wisest, most understanding people I've ever come across. And, and the basis, when you ask them about it, is that this book has been central to every single day of their life. There's evidence in that. And here, this, your testimonies, he meditates on the testimonies. This word testimonies, it's like the account, the stories of what God has done in the Bible and in throughout history, maybe in your life, in my life, in the people we know, that when we come to, to principles of maybe the scholar, the educator, the teacher, and, and it's we know that da 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 and, and they can list all the rules and they can list all the science they want, but miracles don't fit well into science. And so every once in a while, the testimony of what God has done, either in Scripture or in our lives, it goes against the, the natural order of things. And, and what we see here is that you're speaking to God, the psalm is saying, your testimonies are my med- meditation. I have more understanding than my teachers because I, I am aware of your accounts, your testimonies, Lord, your miracles, the things that you have done that defy explanation. I let those guide me because you can't prove what's happened when there's no rational experience. I meditate on that. The next thing the psalmist says, says here, uh, I understand more than the aged for I keep your precepts. Uh, another word for the aged is the elderly. And, and precepts is these principles, these foundational concepts of Scripture. Maybe you've, you've heard, uh, sometimes if there's a young person who has displayed and maybe their, their behavior or their conduct, they've displayed like really good decision making. There's like a wisdom that's like unexpected from such a young person. And in the Western world, we have this phrase, and we would say about them, we would say, that, that gal is, is wise above her years, or that man, that, that boy is wise above his years. The concept is, is that as we go through life, we get wiser. We get more understanding. We get knowledge. It's kind of the school of hard knocks. When I, was, when I was 28, I didn't make as good of decisions as I do now. And when I was 18, I didn't make as good of decisions as when I was 28. And, and we can all kind of attest to that. As we journey through life and sometimes make poor decisions, we learn a few things. Amen? But every once in a while, there's, this, there's a young person that comes along that kind of blows our mind a little bit. Because they're wise above their years. 
they act and they conduct themselves and they make decisions as if they've lived a lifetime. And, and this is really what the psalmist is saying, that this guidebook, that this guidebook, it, 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 I, he says, I understand more than the elderly, for I keep your precepts. This, this guidebook can make you wise above your years. The next thing this guidebook does is, is this guidebook uh, provides the map. Every, every good guidebook, as you look at it, it always has maps in it. It always has, has direction. In case you get lost, in case you run into trouble, there's, there's a map there to look at to kind of send you on the right path. And this whole thing in Scripture in these next couple of verses is really a path metaphor, which is summed up, we'll sum it up at the end of today's message in 105. But it's this path metaphor that we're, we're on a journey in life and there's a road or there's a path, there's a trail. And the first thing he says here about this path metaphor, he says, I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. It's this idea that, that this, this map, this guidebook keeps us from danger. That, that there's times in life where we're about to step into a lot of pain, a lot of danger. A lot of times we're one or two decisions away from a lot of chaos and crisis in our life. And that this guidebook can keep our feet from evil ways, keep our feet from danger, from destruction. That, that when we look at this path of life, when we're on this journey, that, that daily engaging with this will keep us off the edge. But there's more to this path because he, he says too, um, I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. Sometimes, you know, for those of us that have done any hiking or things like that, you know, you've, you, sometimes you get in a fork in a road, or, and maybe there's a sign there, but it's not quite clear, or maybe you've got three paths, and you're in that moment, and, and you make a decision. And, and sometimes you're just like, oh, no, it feels like it's this way, and you go down the road. And you turn aside from the path. You turn aside, you turn a right or a left when you're supposed to go straight. Or you go straight when you're supposed to go left. This is another thing that in this journey of life that this guidebook really helps us with. If we, instead of turning, instead of turning at the fork on the wrong way, turning aside from the path, it, it keeps us going, it keeps us on track. That every evening or morning when we grab into this, when we pull it, that it will help us that day from turning aside, from making a poor decision that might in turn hurt us. Last thing this guidebook does is this guidebook, it improves the experience. In 103, he moves from a, psalmist moves from a, a path metaphor to talking about taste of things for a moment. He's talking about the words of God here. He says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And, and I, I believe in my experience, and I think the evidence is clear that, that these words, this meditation as it journeys through our day, if we take the time in the evening or the morning to, to grab this guidebook for life and to digest it, to contemplate on it, to meditate on it, the more we do, the sweeter the words get. 
And as we journey through life, as we experience different things, one of the sweetest tastes that comes is when the scripture is then queued up in our mind, and, and it's, like it, it's like on playback, and what we've read comes to mind, and it, and it helps us make a decision, or, or maybe it just blesses us in a rich way. And that's that moment where the meditation in the middle of your day, all of a sudden the words become like honey. And you, you have those moments where you're like, thank you, Lord, I, I needed that. I don't know where that came from other than your Holy Spirit, but you, you pulled that verse from this morning and you, you brought it out here now in the middle of the afternoon and, and, and it is so sweet. And our actually, our life, our experience, our journey gets sweeter. But look at the second part here. He says, through your precepts, your principles... I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. The more we engage in Scripture, the evening, the morning, throughout our day, sin gets really bitter. And sin gets even more bitter. The more this becomes a part of us, the more bitter, sinful, wrong, evil, false ways get. Before we, knew, before we come to know Jesus and we live our life, there's like, <clears throat> we kind of do what we want and there, there's not much hang up in our mind. We, it doesn't taste that bitter to sin. But the more this guidebook becomes a part of us, the closer we draw towards Jesus, the the sweeter good conduct tastes, but the more bitter false conduct, conduct tastes. And, and we start to be triggered in our mind and saying, ugh, the last time I went down that road, I was, I was in chaos and crisis for three days, four days, a week, a month, and it tasted so bad. I'm going to concentrate on the Lord's precepts. I'm going to concentrate on the Lord's principles and I'm going to, I'm going to choose a righteous way. I'm going to choose, choose the right path. I'm not going to choose a false way. I'm not going to engage in it because it, the taste in my mouth is too bitter. The outcome is too hard. And I remember that. And this, this whole guidebook the best part is at the end, in Psalm 105, the psalmist kind of like sums it up. It's one of the most well-known psalms, well-known verses. And it comes back to that path metaphor. He says, your word, this Bible, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It, as we go through this journey of life, like metaphorically, we're walking through life and the, the feet. You know, I have elementary school boys. And if you've ever um, experienced Lego on the floor at night, it's like the devil has burrowed into your feet. And uh, when it's pitch black and you're walking around at night and, and you know, you've told your boys, hey, clean up your room. Oh yeah, I cleaned up my room. 
there's still Lego there. There's at least one ready to jump out and bite you. And, and the lamp to your feet is that, is that okay, the, there, there's something there that I want to avoid. Oh, there, that's my next step. The daily, the hourly, minute by minute, the, the illumination of our feet and where we step. The, these are the, in, the individual decisions, the individual turns, the individual words and actions that we take part in each and every minute of every day. There is a lamp there if we want it. Or we can just leave the light and just go for it. But you might run into a piece of Lego. But then there's the light to our path. And and this is probably the best part of the journey because there's an illumination not just at my feet but in the path. That that there's a road, there's a trail, that that this guidebook shows me where I'm going. that That I can't just, I'm not just taking one step at a time and it's revealed. But the more this guidebook becomes a part of me, it's not just that my footsteps are illuminated. It's that the path ahead is illuminated. That I can get to the point where I know this book so well that I can actually plan. I can set goals and action plans. I can, I can sit down with my spouse, my family, and say, this is where God's calling us. Because he illuminates the path. And, and eternally, really, as the path's illuminated, it opens up and opens up. And if someone doesn't know Jesus, ultimately the end of the path is eternal, and it's Jesus Christ. As we've talked about this entire book, it, it opens up before us in a giant story that leads to Jesus and leads to eternal life. The destination is eternity. There, there really is no destination of our life. It just travels on forever and ever and ever. It just gets better once we die. And this, this book, it lights our feet and it lights our path. It illuminates things for us. And though we know that as believers, so many times we wake up in the morning and we leave it on the bedside. Or we go to sleep at night and we're, we're tired and, and whatever, but, but we don't ever plan to say, okay, well, when I wake up, I'm going to pick this up. Well, maybe you say, well, Jeremy, I, I'm, I'm too busy. That's, that's usually the Western culture way is, you know, I have so much going on. I have a bumping social life that the Bible keeps getting in the way of. But we have so much access. So we have these at the back, at the back table there. This is a full Bible. This is the New Testament. If you need 14 of these, we'll just take them. Put them in every car. Put them in your snow machine, four-wheeler. Uh, put them in your toolbox. Shove them in every single place that you go. And then when, if, if it truly is a guidebook that, that charts the path of life, have it accessible constantly. And in the backs of most of them, there's like references. I'm in pain. I'm hurt. I'm depressed. I'm in doubt. A lot of times, most Bibles have in the back, they have a reference there. Some are larger. They have study notes and commentaries. Uh, theologians have unpacked certain difficult things and cross-referenced different verses. There is so much in our Western world, so much access. We can have whatever we want. And that doesn't even include tablets and phones. 
Right now, we can, we can download version, the Bible study app, Olive Tree, Daily Bible. There is num- numerous, numerous. And, and out of those different Bible apps, you have volumes and volumes of commentaries. And a lot of them, you don't like the commentaries they offer. Usually, you can pay for a small amount. You can download the commentaries that you like into that app. There is no shortage. And with most of these apps, you can set reminders. And, and so set the reminder. Say, set the reminder. Read your Bible. Five minutes later, hey, stupid, read your Bible. <laughs> Five minutes later, get off Facebook and read your Bible. Like, set 15 reminders if you want for yourself. You know yourself. <laughs> that, that, that this guidebook, if we firmly do believe that engaging in this is going to make the experience of life better. We've got to do physical changes in our life. We've got to plan ahead and place them in places or set reminders, design our life so that we can remember as much as possible to grab this guidebook. And don't ever feel guilty if you only got one verse. If that's all you got, you did better than nothing. And so many times I think in the church, they'll go, well, you know, you need to get at least one chapter. You know what? If you get a verse or two intermittently three or four times a day, it's better than the day before if you did nothing. And if you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, he will bring those things forward. As we, uh, as we go, to, go to worship one more time, uh, please, you know, if, if you want one of these or a couple of these, please take them. Um, and uh, as we worship, we're going to sing. We're, if you need prayer, maybe there's something you're struggling with, please come forward. I'll be sitting up here, and, and I'd love to pray with you either during worship or after. And then we also have an opportunity to give tithes and offerings during this time. And so the ushers will come forward uh, if you want to give cash or check. If, if you'd rather give online through a mobile device, you can do that at whbc.ca slash giving. And you can do that right now if you'd like or after the service. And we thank you for that. And we commit that, that all the money taken in during this time, we, we want to use it and account for it to, to reach kingdom efforts. Let's pray together. Dear Father, thank you so much for your guidebook. I'm amazed at the amount of content in this book that that aids our everyday life, that there truly is no experience in life to which you can't provide the answer in here. Father, I love the unique movement of your Holy Spirit as it illuminates these pages, as it guides our way. We ask in Jesus' name that you would renew in our church a love and passion and engagement to this word. We know ourselves, each as individuals, through your spirit, talk to us, convict us, Tell us when the part of time and of our day works best. You, we submit that to you. We submit that you know best. And so tell us. Tell us where we need to set reminders, where we need to set alarms, where we need to place Bibles within our workday so that we grab it, even a verse, Lord. In the chaos of life, even if we just grab one verse, one sentence from you, may, you, may we meditate on that. And may you really just <laughs> grow from that tiny seed something great in us. Ask all this in Jesus' name.